Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed.
From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this episode is one of our deep dives, our Bakta tanks of talk. We are going to swim around in this wonderful healing goo and discuss Tales of the Jedi. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsuck, ready to swim around. Going to be a lot of fun talking about this one here. Grab your cloaks, uh, grab your capes, grab your blades. Let's go swim. <laughs> yep, we're just going to do a little uh, backstroke uh, through lightsabers and philosophy talking about this great uh, series of animated shorts. But first, we want to let you know, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player, and anything else you can make play sounds. We are continuing to recommend Padawan by Kirsten White because we still mean to read that book. And with some of the themes and relationships in Tales of the Jedi, it really feels uh, thematically appropriate to Mm -hmm. plug Padawan by Kirsten White, a young Obi-Wan Kenobi book. If you want to download your free audiobook, you can do that today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. We are going to get into Tales of the Jedi. This is a collection of six animated shorts, all really done in the Clone Wars style of animation, uh, but with some twists, in my opinion. We'll get to that. There are three episodes focusing on Ahsoka and three episodes focusing on Dooku. Ken, I'm really curious what your overall reaction to this set of shorts was. If you loved it, if you liked it, if you struggled with it, if it met or exceeded expectations, what did Tales of the Jedi do to you? It both met my expectations, which were admittedly not low, just like, okay, cool, let's do this. And then it just exceeded everything I thought I was going to get. Uh, I really love this. And I love this in a way, how do I describe it? It's like when someone's like, hey, you like that one band, Star Wars? Here's this little EP they released. <laughs> Give it a listen. And, and I'm like, yeah, 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 sure, 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 sure. But I, I like I like this record. I like this big album they got. And then this becomes one of my favorites. I, I really mean that. And particularly the Dooku stuff, which we'll get into. I love these sort of stuff, to be clear, but particularly the Dooku stuff. It's just, uh, it was really great. And, and, and I, was, I was I was excited, especially in the, in the weeks leading up to this. You and I were talking about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. going to be fun. Uh, the idea of Filoni kind of and his team, a lot of familiar names on the, on the behind the scenes list there, uh, coming back to revisit this stuff. Love it. Always for it. There's a lot, a lot of other things going on in Star Wars. And then it shows up and I just was pulled in. Almost immediately, again, particularly with the Dooku stuff, but also particularly with it when I figured out what they were doing. Um, the the three and three is really not three and three. It's not mm-hmm. three Ahsoka, three Dooku. It's like Ahsoka, Dooku. Once I realized that and kind of unlocked that, like right at the beginning of that second episode, like, oh, there's probably a little thought that went into this. Uh, man, <laughs> uh, I, I was pulled in even more. Yeah, no, I am right there with you. I really, really love this. Uh, we didn't get to go to the announcement panel at Star Wars Celebration, uh, but you know, some friends told us about it, gave us a little bit of an overview. Uh, they were able to uh, see that first uh, Ahsoka episode, and it sounded really cool, and I was mm-hmm. really excited. And then the trailer came out, and the trailer, to me, made it clear that This isn't just like an anthology series. Pick your favorite two Jedi and we're going to tell some fun stories about them. It was that these are shorts. You can watch them by themselves. You can watch just Ahsoka's arc. You can watch just Dooku's arc. But really, it's all tied together. Mm. That's what I got really excited about. And that is what 
absolutely uh, delivered uh, when I watched all six of the episodes uh, twice, uh, practically in a row. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Late at night, uh, took took a little nap and then got right back up in the morning and watched them all again. Uh, some of the big picture things that I love about them, and then we'll get into the, the ideas. Um, I, I like that it is the familiar general Clone Wars style of animation. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that a lot of the... Uh, the director and Kevin Kiner's music is, is all there, mm. but this in no way to me felt like, Oh, we're just doing the clone wars again. These were so different in, in not just narrative structure, but in mood, right? Mm-hmm. These are little tone poems. They have meaning. They are narratives, but they're all just so emotional. They're moody, somber little tone poems and Kevin Kiner's music really drove that home there's some very different kinds of music very different emotions in it uh so i feel like it is in in the best classic star wars way a mix of the new and the old it feels very familiar and yet it is different um and i think all of the story comes together to do what i was hoping for from the trailer which we'll talk about in in much greater depth but Mm. really asking this idea of what does it mean to be a jedi here is Ahsoka, here is Dooku. They make choices. They have similar challenges. How do they respond to them? Which adds up to being this just kind of deep, beautiful, philosophical piece that also has a cool lightsaber action. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? So it, it, to me, it is it is the best of both worlds. And, and I'm loving Andor. Andor is great. Uh, but for me, my personal favorite thing in Star Wars, I think, will always be the force it will be the jedi it will be that animating a philosophy within the the fantasy uh, of these beings who have this incredible power and this mm-hmm. really delivered on that mm-hmm. and i agree with you a part of what makes this magical the ahsoka stuff is is great and the whole would not yep. work without the ahsoka stuff and i loved Agreed. it but the dooku stuff is really really powerful because for a prominent character an important character in the skywalker saga uh, he's been generally underserved. Um, mm-hmm. There are fun details in the Clone Wars animated series. We get to see his his uh, castle in his yeah. exquisite pajamas and a little bit of his machinations, but we don't get into his soul. Mm. And, you know, in modern canon, we've got the Dooku Jedi Lost uh, audio story and in the script book, but this is on screen in the Clone Wars style, getting into this important character's soul and it's not just the ideas, it's just the, like, this character needed this, in my opinion. And it was yeah. so great to see it delivered. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it makes you think type of, type of conversation around Dooku, <laughs> which I oh, well, can't wait to get into a little more detail. But you're right. And look, I, this is a, we are the first out there to preach, uh, don't take your joy for one thing and try to position it against another and especially to take other people's joy so we're in a weird time we've got Andor coming out uh basically the same time as this and you got this uh, which is a great mix of the old and the new so I, i'm trying to choose my words carefully and trying to make sure my tone and my tenor is understood by anyone listening uh I, i'm in love with Andor as a show uh there were some moments in the tales of the jedi particularly with music cues a heroic moment a tragic heroic moment where I just went, ah, I kind of missed that. And that's a pretty, you could take that statement and spin it out of control, man, and, and, and take that and say it's against Andor. It's not. Both can exist. 
Uh, both are there. That buffet we always talk about. Both are there, and uh, you can enjoy both. Um, but this uh, doesn't have the detailed mumbled dialogue, the, the intense whispered scenes. It's more of a classic fantasy. And, and then Andor doesn't yet have uh, this one particular moment, which is, the, you know, force theme plays and Jedi lightsabers. It doesn't have it. And guess what? That's fine. And this is fine. And I, I, I feel almost like I, I need to confess that to get it off my chest. I, I really felt, oh, man, I miss this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's it for me. It's not a, a critique of Andor. Mm-hmm. It is being mm-hmm. able to enjoy uh, the different dishes. I like that Andor is diving into the the real world side of Star Wars with the the mm-hmm. politics and real human uh, emotion that takes a, a long time. Nobody is just going to throw a switch and, yep. and join the rebellion. Uh, people uh, are, are coming to this uh, slowly in this very real world for the most part. Um, but I also just love fantasy. I love the tension of Star Wars, that it is a combination of our deepest myths and Flash Gordon. And mm-hmm. I, I personally want the pulpy. I want the lightsabers. I want the bizarre worlds mm-hmm. uh, in Star Wars as much as I want the great grounded realism of Andor. So it was, it's mm-hmm. great to have both right now. Um, yeah, that, and, and, and that's the way it, yeah. it's, it's great to have both this week. Yeah, great to have both this week, practically at the same time. Um and I think for me, another big picture power of this is it is a, a deep dive into Ahsoka and, and Dooku's choices and, and the lessons and how they became what they are. Mm. Uh, and then without really, um, with keeping the focus on them, we also get a lot of uh, insight into uh other other characters, mm-hmm. almost putting them through the fil- seeing them through Ahsoka and Dooku, because Ahsoka mm-hmm. and Dooku are always the primaries. But we get to see through Ahsoka and Dooku's eyes, Qui Gon, uh, Mace Windu, Anakin, Yaddle, and we get to see them in a different light by seeing them through Ahsoka and Dooku's eyes. Mm-hmm. And you know, my my favorite episode is the one entitled "The Sith Lord," yeah. and that is about the lore and the storytelling of star Wars. It's got some big moments that we, some clarity on timelines, uh, but it's really able to bring out big, important ideas that we kind of talk about, but diving into them deeper dives into Jedi rigidity and Republic corruption and fear of loss. So it isn't just the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme. Mm -hmm. Oh, Oh, I know that. And now he did it. It's about uh, really shoring up these thematic ideas and going into more depth on them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, more depth indeed uh, to, a, to a real, like, yeah, I, the Duke, yeah, Duke has just been a fascinating character for a long time, especially in my own journey, going from uh, being one of those folks in 2002 that was like, his name's Dooku. What a dumb name. Star Wars is <laughs> dumb now. Uh, I'm going to throw my Kenner toys away, uh, which I had already did at that point. Um yeah, to go from that point to I consider Dooku one of the most important characters in Star Wars and along mm-hmm. the way learning that and uncovering some of that. And there was a point in my time where I was like, it's weird. Dooku's, Dooku's almost like the first rebel, which I wouldn't say is exactly true. But, you know, with Separatists and even Mothman and or using Separatists instead of rebel, some of that stuff, you start to unpack it. And 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 these three uh, episodes, all, all six work together so well, but these three Dooku episodes, I, I really think they're so important to the character, which means they're important to the, the story of Star Wars and the lessons that the, the, the franchise is trying to tell us and give us. 
Yeah, yeah, and I'll be very honest with you. I have lost track in my comments about my overall reaction if I've said one last thing already, but I mean it this time. <laughs> one last thing to the overall, and then we'll we'll uh, move along. I think it's important to what we're talking about in the context of when this is being released. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some fun discussing what are the differences from the big show that's airing right now and or. I was also really struck by some important similarities. Mm -hmm. uh, there are rebellious and radical politics in Tales of the Jedi. It is yes. in lockstep with the socio-political perspective of Andor. Mm -hmm. Andor is dealing with it very directly, absolutely putting it on the surface. If you watch Tales of the Jedi quickly and, and concentrate on the, the lightsabers and, you know, does this line up with this canon thing, maybe it's not the thing that rises to the surface, but it's just very, very firmly there a large part of what's being wrestled with, particularly in, in the Dooku stories, but also implicit in Ahsoka's journey, is this idea that there is sometimes a legal authority and a moral authority. And which do you choose to follow and when and how? And when when something is unjust, how do you strike back? Mm. That's what Dooku's wrestling with. And that's the exact conversation that like Luthen and Mothma are yeah. having on yeah. Andor and is only going to continue when Saw Gerrera shows up. Mm -hmm. So I also really want to encourage people uh, to, to dive in and see what's actually very similar about mm -hmm. Tales of the Jedi and Andor. I, I'm, I, I'm with you on that because this is what this is a prime example of what we refer to as emotional canon. The connective threads between all properties. It's the, the point of view of Star Wars. Uh, it is when we hear Kathleen Kennedy talk about, uh, you know, putting uh, rails on, on the roadway. It isn't creative uh, lockdown. It is to, to make sure the, 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 the morality of Star Wars, the, the, the message is in lockstep. It has to be for me. Uh, you can tell it in many different ways. And I do think you're, you're very right. There was at one point, I was almost kind of giggling to myself the first viewing, where let's just say Filoni had done this in live action. The, the headlines of the dialogue differences between Andor and Tales of the Jedi live action version, version if they had just done the same script, right? And the same performances, mm -hmm. it would have been like a hot take talking. It would have been discourse for a week about Andor. Because <laughs> Andor's got more realistic dialogue. It, 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 and that's one of the things I love about it. A lot of people love it. But this is more of the classic Filoni, maybe even a little bit of the Favreau we've experienced the last couple of years, but the George of it all. And, and I like it. And you could get lost in those differences, but I think you're right. They are talking about the same things. There's an amazing, amazing, amazing depth of of uh, conversation around the politics and senators, and uh, you know, oh, both sides are a problem. No, it's it, 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 you got to you got to choose empathy, you got to choose compassion, and and how you get to those solutions is important. And it's all you're right. It's all the same conversation. I really think it's a, an important thing to say up top. So I'm glad you said it. One more thing. <laughs> I'm glad I got that one more thing in there. Uh, it, it, we're going to continue, though, with some overall thoughts. Uh, I'm curious in specific about how you felt about this general format. These uh, six short episodes ranging from 17 minutes uh, to 10 minutes, but averaging out to all be about, you know, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, did it feel cohesive? Did you watch them in all in one sitting? Are you thinking of it as almost a 90-minute uh, movie? Uh, how, how do you feel about this format? I, I really did love it. I, I had to spread them out based on schedule only. Um, and then I ended up, you know, we, we were fortunate enough, we, we should disclose, we were fortunate enough to have the screeners. Um, yes. And there was a time limit on that. 
and I got a little busy and I had to cram them all in a little bit over the course of two days. And then I realized, oh, I got the date wrong because I just I'm apparently a day behind <laughs> in my life. I keep doing this. Uh, missed a doctor's appointment because I of that <laughs> as well. This has been one of the weird week, weird two weeks. I was like, oh, damn, I still have time. But I had only the time to watch the Dooku ones again. I chose to only watch mm. the Dooku ones a third time. Um, so that's just my schedule in life. But I think they worked really well together. I think if you're going to sit down and watch them, or you already have sat down and watched them, if you're listening to us now in one viewing, I think it's going to work. Uh, as a movie, no, it's so structured to be individual beats, um, but a, a thematic movie, if you will. But I, I think it, I can't wait to sit down and watch them all again, back to back to back. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's really great that you disclosed that we had the screeners. Uh, I got so much joy and meaning out of Tales of the Jedi watching it on my computer with my email right <laughs> in the middle of the screen. My email almost constantly on Mace Windu's nose or Dooku's abdomen. Yeah. And still, I was deeply moved. We're, um, we, we mentioned that before the Andor stuff, too. We are certainly not complaining about it. Blessed to have it. I, no. I, I, I wish you all could have the screeners. It is it is somewhat awkward to watch six ninety minutes of Star Wars with your email just large font across, and it's not entirely translucent. So you're just kind of looking around your own name. Uh, what is this? What is this? No, it really does make you feel like at some point that Dooku's going to send you a really scary email. Um, yeah, I was really compelled by this format. One because I think we're in this great era of Star Wars where. I think people are hungry for the new and, mm -hmm. and that comes in lots of forms that comes in the actual storytelling that comes in the era that comes in the, the themes that comes in who's telling the story, but it also just comes in structure, right? Mm -hmm. How these shows are delivered uh, for a long time. We had star Wars as movies or then it uh, existed is half hour animated series like clone wars and rebels. And now we're kind of expanding out where it can exist in lots of different ways and or, has a very different structure, a very slow burn, patient structure. Um, this is different. The fact that these are all thematically linked makes it feel like one big thematic philosophical story mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can also just grab one and if you just want to feel that mood, the fact that they're very, very short, right? They're, they're not yeah. trying to have an A plot and a B plot and fit all of this kind of a... Hollywood standards of this is the way you structure a, a yeah. narrative, um, their moods as well. So they work really well individually, uh, but they also really work well to me as an entire piece. And I think it is, you know, they're not presented as a, as a grab bag. They're presented mm -hmm. in a very specific order. So I think the ideas flow in a specific way. Well, one, again, I, I'll say it again. Once I unlock that, I'm 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 not I'm not the smartest man, folks. So I just sometimes have to figure these things out on my own on my own pace. Here, the Ahsoka episode starts first one. Great, we'll talk about it. Hard for me to watch because I'm such an animal lover. There's some animal death in it. Warnings. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, the second one, it, I was like, okay, let's get on. Uh, I, I was literally like, I love Ahsoka. Always one of my favorite characters after she wasn't. I was part of that generation of older fans who was like snips, and then she became one of my favorites. Um, I was like, all right, but I kind of want to get to the Dooku stuff. I'm so intrigued. And then when the second episode started and it's Dooku, I just kind of sat back and went, ah, wow. I, I Yeah, this is going to, this is something different. And it really works in the levels. And you're right. You can go back and kind of, um, 
You, you, I just want to experience this mood. Is this going to be a perfect thing for when you have a 15-minute lunch window and you just want to watch some Star Wars? So it all it all worked, and you feel it. You kind of once it unfolds in front of you, you, you get what they're doing, you get where they're going, and that makes almost from episode one and two on. So by the maybe the last four, knowing that they're doing this, I don't know if it felt this way for you. It made the next episode feel even more important. Like what do we? What am I going to learn now? Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, uh, emotionally, and then also some fun like canon stuff. Mm. How, how do these events connect? Uh, how do these relationships connect? All that great stuff. So yeah, yeah. In, in both of my viewings, uh, I watched them straight through and uh, in the order they're presented. And you know, at some point, you know, I'll go back as soon as it's available. I'll just watch the Sith Lord again because that was my personal favorite. But I think for first viewings, you know, watching them all in order is, yeah. is yeah. really, uh, really rewarding. So let's get into themes and big ideas. We're going to talk about each individual uh, episode. I'm going to try to contain myself. I have eight pages of thoughts. <laughs> uh, but some of that is just like names that I, re- yeah. you know, so I remember uh, instead of just saying Ahsoka's mom, she has a name. Um, but let's talk about big picture. You've alluded to feeling like there is this big idea connecting them all. I feel like there's a lot of individual themes, but I think they're all funneling into one specific idea. Mm. But for, so for you, what was the one big thematic idea or, or what were the couple of, of thematic ideas that this collection of stories came together to tell? Yeah, no, and I can't wait to get to the the uh, sub-themes that you might have in your eight pages of notes. I, I really mean that. I, I, there's so much stuff in here, and, and I always uh, have this kind of quick glance of my heart at what, what jumps out at me, and, and it's, you know, the ideas of of life and death, light and dark, that's not not necessarily new. You even kind of already touched upon it. There's two reactions to life, really. Not just the Jedi Order, the Republic, or the Separatists, or Star Wars. There's there's two reactions, or more, to life. And and, and I really felt that. It's the theme of balance that came to mind. Uh, mm. You have the injustices of the galaxy in front of you. The restrictions of the Jedi Order. Uh, the complicated realities and, and points of view that we all have. It's, it's a big galaxy, a lot of different people, a lot of different thoughts. And it's uh, the things we all struggle to understand. There's a lot of things in this uh, these episodes where you're like, man, that sucks. And 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 I'm, I've been exposed to a different part of the galaxy, or what I thought was one way is is the other way. And that's just sometimes hard to understand. And and how do you choose to deal with that? Do you run away? Uh, do you let it burn you? Let it fester? Uh, push yourself towards the dark so you can erase what you think are the problems? Uh, power is sold as control, even for yourself. Uh, or do you stand up against a wave of darkness? Uh, or do you just swim into it? We always talk about balances, light and dark. They both exist, but there are those who would push the dark over the light, right? And, and, and the Jedi, it, that's why we fight against the idea of gray Jedi in the middle. Uh, you go towards the light because it's there. And what are you going to do? Are you going to stand up as you watch the dark uh, take over? And how, right? The, the why is there. How? And right from the beginning, you get a you get a template of how, and then Dooku's how's pretty good, except for it's on a real slippery slope and it falls <laughs> fast. And it's what it's how you decide. And, and it's the idea of balance. And and then that can splinter off into a lot of things. Yeah, I, I love what you're saying. I think it is a, a great uh, just picture of the idea that the dark side is natural. Death is natural. Anger and, and pain is natural. Sometimes mm-hmm. the need to have conflict is natural mm-hmm. uh but what makes a difference between the dark side and the light a, a jedi and and falling to the sith is when you take 
action is mm-hmm. anger in your heart? Are you lashing out with anger in your heart because it will corrode you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, to me, the, the big thing that's going on. There are uh, lots of ways that it is um, represented and, and wrestled with. The the sub-themes, you know, uh, of balance, I think, is a great way to talk about it, of uh, life and death. Do you, do you value life or don't you? Uh, loss of control, uh, the place of ego, orthodoxy yeah. in, in rules and being trapped by them, economic and in, in power imbalances, uh, mm-hmm. legal authority versus moral authority. There are all these different ideas. Uh, but to me, the big picture idea that I think this is wrestling with is what does it mean to be a Jedi? Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like uh, uh, this is Ahsoka making better choices, Dooku having an understandable perspective, but then making bad choices. Uh, I feel like it's coded in lots of ways. I feel like Ahsoka is uh, presented as absolutely a Jedi, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But a Jedi of spirit. What is the spirit of the Jedi? Forget uh, the rules, forget the building, forget the rituals of when you get your Padawan braid cut off and by Mm -hmm. who and why. Mm -hmm. It presents the idea of Jedi as larger than an organization it is spiritual Mm. and there is a through line of that of we meet ahsoka in her her village which represents lots of great star wars things it's balance it's community it is valuing the past but moving forward and we have this elder this sort of spiritual figure when ahsoka is seen to have any sort of force sensitivity she doesn't say Ahsoka is Force-sensitive mm-hmm. uh, or Ahsoka will be a Jedi. She says Ahsoka is Jedi. Mm-hmm. It's essential. It's spiritual, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we see Ahsoka on her, on her path, uh, both when she is with the Order and without it, making these decisions that continue to connect her to the idea of Jedi is something spiritual. Mm-hmm. In contrast, I think we're presented with Dooku and seeing... Dooku is Jedi, but if Ahsoka is spiritual Jedi, Dooku is a Jedi trapped in rules, status, mm. title, ego. Ahsoka is the free-flowing, organic Jedi ideal, and Dooku is a good Jedi who is trapped by the you know potential failings of system. Mm-hmm. Um, Dooku finds legitimate problems with the structure and orthodoxy of the Jedi, right? Uh, but unlike Ahsoka, he lets in anger, ego, fear, and he tries to control it. He tries to fix it. He tries to force it. And in the process, he loses himself, his ideals, the spirit of the Jedi. Well, mm-hmm. Ahsoka walks away from it all, but always r- remains in the spirit of the Jedi. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's so extinctual extinct- uh, for um, Ahsoka. At the beginning, and we'll talk a little bit more about that episode here in a second. But yeah, it's so pure. And and, and Ahsoka, that's kind of been the story of Ahsoka. Uh, you know, Filoni, obviously, very uh, protective and, and loves this character. He created her, and, and has and he's going to infuse so much of of his love into this character. And it, and it shows. And it shows. It's not that Ahsoka is a perfect Jedi uh, along the way, but yeah, I, I think you're so right. It, it's just of the spirit. Spirit of law, letter of law. And I, I don't think Dooku is necessarily letter of the law all the way, too. There's some great moments of imaginations lost and da-da-da-da. But, man, again, how you deal with it. 
and how far away he moves from the idea of, of being a Jedi. Uh, and by the way, I love. I would love to see the the birth scene of of Dooku too, of someone just going, "Dooku Jedi." I, yeah, I mean, I kind of would have liked that too because I think that that is a so much of that first episode with Ahsoka is okay. She is being given these great foundations from the beginning. It's not that she's just like born glowing mm-hmm. and ideal, right? She's given these good foundations, and mm-hmm. Dooku's born into royalty. You know, yeah, yeah. he's leaving people behind, and he and he's a, becomes aware of it. We know from the Dooku Jedi Law story, all that stuff. Right. I, I think there's also just an element where. You can look at each three of their episodes with uh, and see a similarity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ahsoka and Dooku both face a beast in their first episode, right? Ahsoka yeah. literally faces a natural beast. Dooku kind of faces a, a literal beast of this corrupt, cruel senator. Yeah. Uh, Ahsoka finds a way to work with the beast. Dooku lashes out at it, you know? Yeah. It, the, their second episodes are, are both about being trapped in the orthodoxy of the Jedi and Ahsoka puts her ego aside and, and works through it and, and steps outside the orthodoxy in a way that, that is non-destructive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dooku fumes and gets his ego involved in it. Um, yeah. In the the third one, both uh, Ahsoka and Dooku face loss, right? Mm-hmm. And is, and is, again, Ahsoka finds a way to cope with it and, and Dooku uh, does not find a healthy mm-hmm. way to cope with it so mm-hmm. i think the big picture what i love is that these and this isn't this is stuff that we knew yeah. in the canon of star wars but these episodes are really highlighting it making us feel it uh that both ahsoka and dooku saw legitimate problems with the order uh but ahsoka went away and worked on herself right yeah and and dooku tried to control it tried to fix it made it about himself Yes. The ego emerges. Yeah. Yeah. So any other um, sort of uh, big picture thoughts before we dive into each episode where we can talk more about these big picture ideas? No, let's get to it. All right. So we start with episode one, Life and Death, written by Dave Filoni, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva. Some familiar names there. So uh, I I just kind of want to go with each of these episodes wherever we want. Ken, what was interesting, powerful, fun, uh, about this one, how did it build the themes? What notes did you jot down about that first? Yeah, what I wrote down for for episode one here first was just a joyful origin story, which is weird to say because there's a lot of death <laughs> and danger and a lot of things going on. Uh, and I mentioned up top, yeah, I, you know, look, I I uh, I, I still enjoy some uh, a good old steak or a burger every now and then. I I, I don't want to be hypocritical, but I've uh, it's very hard for me to watch animals die. It just, it just breaks my heart. And even to the mm-hmm. hunting, even with great purpose. So this episode uh, is uh, should have come with a trigger warning for me personally. Um, uh, but I, I, I did love this episode a lot because it, it's about what is natural, the life and death and the, you know, hunting for food and prey and everything. That's all very natural. It's all part of it. And that's what mm-hmm. this episode was saying. But um, in, in this, I, I, there's this idea of... Um, kind of uh, being uh, born pure. And, he, and you said earlier, but like Ahsoka isn't necessarily just born perfect and the perfect Jedi. That's not what I mean by that either. But it's just this idea of you're, you're kind of maybe born with your instincts in place. They're born pure, pure of heart. The rest is imprinted on us. Uh, mm-hmm. It might be one way to look at it. And there's some real young bravery um, because to me, Ahsoka almost knows no other way. She knows she's so she's an infant. <laughs> she's an infant. She reaches out 
uh, and gives the darkness in this form a space line, a uh, space tiger, uh, a chance to go <laughs> along with uh, the the plan that she has uh, out of the uh, out of uh, to to get things back in balance. So that makes sense. This idea of life and death kind of being this natural balance, and then you have someone willing to push it out of whack again. Going back back to that example, and her response is again of spirit of uh, a purity, and that's kind of where we all start to <laughs> this life origin story. It's kind of what I took for this episode too. Yeah, no, I love that. This is such a great, interesting uh, way to, to, to look at the uh, classic nature nurture yeah. <laughs> discussion yeah, yeah. In, in star Wars terms. And for me, um, I think nature is always going to be a, a part of, uh, of star Wars mm-hmm. um, that, that, that star Wars in the whole idea of force uh, uh, celebrates, uh, you know, something luminous, something that connects us all, you know? Right. Um, but I was really fascinated with the nurture part of it too, because uh, the village is, you know, representing and literally demonstrating to Ahsoka these inherent values uh, of the Jedi when they're at their their best, right? And mm. some of them you can imagine uh, Ahsoka as an infant, uh, just sort of soaking up uh, the mood, the energy. But some of them yeah. are being explicitly taught to her by her mother, Pavti, right? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. She's learning respect for nature everywhere there is life, honor it. Uh, we see the the parents' kind of sense of humor and sense of life, right? They joke with each other even when they maybe disagree a little bit of the, the dad kind of being like, oh, are you going to go do the old rituals? And she's like, yes, you got to honor them. And they're kind of joking about it, right? Uh, we're seeing community. Everybody's working together. It's a balanced uh, community. Uh, Pavti is explicitly trying to teach her that, death is part of life and, and, you know, you must face, face it, Ahsoka, do not fear it. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think it, it's really key that, that Pavti uh, defends Ahsoka. You know, it's, it's easy when, when the, uh, when the space tiger comes, mm-hmm, <laughs> comes growling, um, it's easy to be like, yeah, of course, it, uh, most parents would just instinctively protect their infant. Of course, sure. that's yeah. great. And, and it is, but right. But we we literally see Ahsoka kind of watch, her mother's bravery. She doesn't scoop Ahsoka up and run in terror, right? Yeah. She stands up and tries to make herself as big (laughs) as the space tiger. And there's that image of this is what is right, standing up to defend others, you know? Yeah. So I I don't think uh, infant Ahsoka is like, ah, hey, thanks community and mother for uh, these seven ideas of what it means to be a Jedi. I think it is intuitive i think it is deep but i think it is she's experiencing these lessons she's literally being taught these lessons and then when she's looking at this this creature that it expects her to be terrified right mm-hmm. and she just doesn't back down maybe some of that is inherent bravery but maybe some of that is is learned behavior from watching her mother but that like standoff with the space tiger is basically like oh, this could be all about fear and terror and death if if you kill Ahsoka Space Tiger, the community is going to come for you. Yeah. Or this can be about honoring life. This can be us working together. And again, I don't think baby uh, Ahsoka is sending those literal thoughts to the tiger. Mm-hmm. I think it's deeper. It's intuitive, right? It's mm-hmm. the, the what what does an infant sending the emotion of let's work together and both live, what does that feel like? <laughs> to a space tiger because it's not words <laughs> but it's what's happening you know yeah yeah no and, and even starting you're talking about her, her her mother uh defending her uh look look how that um uh 
really uh, guides Ahsoka the rest of her days, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially as we see in Clone Wars uh, season seven. Uh, I love that. I love that lifelong lesson. Yeah, you're right. The the imprint. Uh, uh, you know what is imprinted on us is 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 perhaps uh, the risk we all have to take once we uh, get out of the womb. There, huh? Um, but yeah, it was just a pure full because a, a pure uh, a joyful origin story for me. Uh, the family, the community. I was a little annoyed that they woke everyone up to announce the birth of the child. Uh, that's just me. I'm not a huge kid guy, so I was a little like, I got to sleep. I'm happier. Got a kid, but that's a side note. Yeah, like if before I moved to that village, I would have to know the birth rate. Is that going to happen <laughs> every night? Can you never sleep peacefully in that village because you're going to get a, a, a dad like uh, Nakiel yeah. running around yeah. yelling? Yeah. Uh, the elder, Kantika, right? I know I already went on about this, but I just want to celebrate it again. I think it's so important that line, Ahsoka is Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. That and, it, and it's a spiritual thing. It's not her, uh, you know, having a tantrum and accidentally crushing her, her space crew, right, right? right? It's not her lifting a block. It's not a... It's not a power. Mm-hmm. It is, this is how she is in, able, she is able to communicate and connect with nature. Yeah. You know? Yeah. A- and this elder saying Ahsoka is Jedi just starts her from this place that Ahsoka comes from a community that respects the core idea of Jedi, that sees it as a fundamental spiritual thing, not a set of rules and orthodoxy. Again, it's not like, <laughs> yeah, Kantika says, Ahsoka is Jedi. Of course she's going to have to pass the truck. No, she just is, you know? Yeah. Did you see that double backflip, <laughs> double X R1 button press? Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's truly of the heart, not of the mind. Yeah. It's the heart. Yep. And then uh, two other things to throw out real quick. I, I'm trying to keep a little bit of a cannon watch. It was fun. Uh, very sad uh, for the, the creature to pass, and I'm with you. That was hard. Uh, Kaibuk <laughs> is, a, is a creature that is a, that, that yeah. Yoda's ridden before, so that was fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and I get I it. would be, gotta, yeah. Rem- Sorry, go ahead. No, please. I just say I get the hunting aspect. I don't. I don't want anyone to think I'm like saying don't uh, hunt for food. I, I just, yeah. Personally, it's just tough to watch. I can't even. Grace can't even be in the room. And I had a war. I'd get out of the room. Get out of the room. <laughs> Look, I I've understand understood when people I love have hip surgery that it's necessary and right. It doesn't mean I want to watch it. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel like it would be remiss uh, if I did not note uh, seeing a nice space squirrel in Star Wars chattering in the trees was very delightful. There was. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and there, there, there is in the uh, Tartakovsky 2D Clone Wars, so I'm glad space squirrels are in modern canon. Yeah, there you go. Make the video. <laughs> All right. We move on to episode two, Justice. Uh, we start with Ahsoka, and then we move into full Dooku. <laughs> uh, this one's written by Dave Filoni, directed by Saul Ruiz. Uh, what was interesting, powerful, fun about this one? Where do your notes go here? We just have to start with young Qui-Gon, uh, and his mm-hmm. son voices him. Uh, wonderful. Um, the design. And by the way, this, this was also the case of like Bad Batch. Where we are with animation now, what we can do, especially Clone Wars. Remember when that movie dropped in that first season? It was kind of like, what are we? We're watching the Dire Straits video, Money for Nothing. Like, what's what's <laughs> going on here? And where where technology has gone? I I, I don't want to say how beautiful this was every episode. I tried to stop doing that with Bad Batch. These are beautiful episodes. Holy moly, the stuff they can pull off, the trees, the water, the hair, the detail on some of the hair was amazing. So all that to say, the design of young Qui-Gon, it's Liam Neeson. I get it. I get it. I get it. But you ever, like, we we either experienced it ourselves at one point in your life or you do it to someone else where you're like, 
wow, you really look like your dad. And it's like, well, yeah, that's how it works. The fact that it, they desi- designed young Qui-Gon around a, a young Liam Neeson is exa- exactly what they would do. But I kept staring at the screen and going, wow, wow, that looks like Liam Neeson. <laughs> just kept, I just kept <laughs> doing it. And by the way, young Dooku, uh, there's some real great Christopher Lee uh, designs in that face. Perhaps mm-hmm. even more than the Clone Wars series. Uh, man, uh, and I know you're spending a lot of time studying the life of Christopher Lee these days, uh, but seeing all the interviews, even in his older age, interviews about Lord of the Rings and everything and, 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 and Attack of the Clones, they got the look, man. Uh, I really think the designs worked. Yeah, no, th- this is just such a great celebration of Corey Burton, who's voiced uh, mm-hmm. Dooku for so long, uh, getting to play and experiment, you know, uh, with what he sounds like at a younger age, what he sounds like at, at different uh, points on his uh, path toward the dark side. So celebration of Corey Burton. Uh, but also, yeah, this character would not exist. This idea of the gentleman monster and his posture and the way he conducts himself, you know, so much of that did flow from Christopher Lee and his amazing uh, history in cinema. So it is also a celebration of Christopher Lee. And the animation is beautiful. And as I said on one of her Bad Batch episodes, I don't mind saying it's beautiful uh, every time. I tell my wife I love her every day. We can say the animation is beautiful every time. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Yeah, so I I think for me, I'm so glad that you point out the the animation because I can get, uh, and the performance because I can get obsessive on the the narrative and the ideas, and that stuff should be celebrated as well. but I think for me, this is this first one is where it really kicks you in the gut, the power of the way these episodes are ordered. Mm-hmm. We just went from direct from Ahsoka's lush, cooperating, thriving village to a burned out, dying disaster village. Mm-hmm. We go direct from the idea that Ahsoka as an infant with no training and no rigidity is a Jedi. It's a beautiful spiritual thing to be a Jedi, according to the Elder Kantika. And we go right from that to Dooku is a Jedi who is now kind of a cop sent by the Republic to solve the issues of a corrupt senator. We go right from spiritual to corroded by um, rules and failures, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that is so powerful. And then the fact that the narrative is a breakdown of rules and law. I think rules and law are great. I think that's how we decide mm-hmm. who we are as a society. Yeah. And uh, when you have good rules and law, they represent who the community is, what the community believes. And I think it's really important for me always to say this era of Star Wars isn't saying rules and yeah. laws suck. We should all just go out and it should be purge all the time. Go out and do whatever you want, right? Yeah. yeah. It's the breakdown of rules and laws mm-hmm. that's eating away at, at Dooku because we see that this uh, Senator, Senator uh, Degonet, uh has political and legal right, but morally he's clearly wrong. Yeah. And Dooku is, is stuck in this question of, I know my marching orders from the De- Jedi council and, and I'm trying to go through with them. He he does go and he assesses the situation. Uh, he he tries to talk through it, but the senator does not want to negotiate. Mm-hmm. The senator thinks he's all powerful. The senator is the one who escalates. The yeah. senator threatens to murder the entire village. So if you kind of tick through it from Dooku's perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
he has every reason to act. He's assessed the situation. It is morally wrong. The, the senator just blows past the um, the Jedi pre-violence checklist, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> Which is uh, try to uh, negotiate, uh, try to de-escalate. When those things don't work and other people are in danger, you have to defend them. That is the essence of when to take out the blade. So this is so well constructed for us to be on Dooku's side mm. until that moment where it gets personal for him, where Dooku is so tired of being stuck in this situation that he wants to act. He is asking this question of, I have all this power and I am not using it to make a difference, to make sure that uh, this mm -hmm. uh, darkness is stopped. Yeah, yeah, because you have the questions of even at the end, will, will this bring significant change? And, and there's a great doubt in that. I love the moment where Qui-Gon's like, why can't you just vote the senator out? Why couldn't you do that? Uh, and it's uh, about the system failures. But yeah, this is as if Space Lion took over the village, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> just exactly, exactly. Just pick it up for the first episode of, of uh, yeah, imagine uh, imagine that. And, and I think you're so right. This is the intriguing thing about the Dooku of it all, where, you know, he... First of all, he 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 is someone. By the time we have met him in Attack Clones, he truly does just want power. Uh, Christopher Lee always describes him as uh, having kind of a, a immoral uh, kind of immoral view of the world, or amoral, I should say, um, where it's just more about him, more about his power. But to see where that comes from, and again, the I I am a believer of uh, the Dooku tells a lot of truth in that Attack of the Clones scene. Uh, with Obi, yeah, it's it's all truthful. But man, what are you going to do with that? And what has he done with that truth? And now we get to see it because you're right; you're very much on his side. But right away, I, we look, we we are we know Dooku already. We know where it goes. So I think that's a little bit of a cheat. I'd be love to see uh, someone who's never seen Dooku and this is their first exposure to it. You are kind of getting it. You are kind of pushing against things. And you're right. I think there's a lot of danger. Uh, in these episodes that people could spin this out into, see, all Jedi are bad, um, which is just uh, such a frustrating talking point. It's so uh, it, not in, engaging with what is actually presented and what that, what Star Wars is actually saying. Um, this is what you're talking about, the rules, uh, the regulations, the laws, in itself, in and of themselves, not bad things. But how people push, push those, how people uh, push those out of balance, the space lion comes to the village, and what are you going to do about it? Uh, that's what this is all about for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like an older Ahsoka in this position would do a lot of the same things as Dooku. Yes, yes. Would feel the same frustrations as Dooku right up to that moment where Dooku has stopped. Well, the, the pushing of Qui-Gon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, once he decides to act is when he gets out of control. But, he, you know, pushing pushing Qui-Gon away. Mm -hmm. uh, right up to that moment, though, where he, he's, he's got the line of corruption like yours must be eradicated. Totally understandable, right? I have this power. It's specifically to help people. You are going to continue to yeah. be a problem. I'm just going to end you. But the question is, is it truly only, a, a is, is death necessary? And, and the answer seems to be, to me, to be no. And B, is it, are you truly doing this because there is no other option? And with calmness in your heart, you're doing what sadly must be done in this situation. Or do you want to do it? And that's where the dark side gets you, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's what this is a portrait of. Dooku has ego, and he is tired of having his power chained. And yeah. even though he wants to help people, he wants to let his power out. 
he wants to kill this senator. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's if, if if infant Ahsoka wanted to rage at that space tiger, they both would have died. I, I almost you can almost see later on in life where Palpatine is talking to Dooku, tapping a lightsaber, going, "You want this, don't you?" Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the ego of it. All. Yeah, and and you know it 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 continues. And then and then I think the the balance of this episode is this uh, picture of okay, Dooku and the senator are older, uh, frustrated, both wrestling with mm-hmm. ego. I would say the senator has given into it. Dooku's wrestling with it. Yeah. Uh, and here comes the younger generation with hope, right? Star Wars is always a generational tale. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the senator's son sees the injustice, and instead of being an entitled rich kid, is like, hey, this really sucks. It is awful yeah. uh, what my father is doing to you, the people he's meant to help. And Qui-Gon, who has the great insight of, like, the, the son seeing the son and the father together will bring Dooku's humanity back in focus for him. Yeah. And, and, and this all leads to this, you know, Qui-Gon kind of going, well, I just, you know, lived in the moment, so to speak, right. I'm paraphrasing it, but, mm-hmm. and, and we know how much that is important for Qui-Gon and his lessons to Kenobi. And, and I, you're talking about ego. I, I think someone like that living in that, in, in the moment just means you're seeing what is actually needed. And that that's, I, I think at times can be a removal of ego. And I kind of uh, really thought there was a, dare I say, sweet moment with Dooku at the end. Like, oh, you're a better Jedi than I am then. Um, so all the signs are right there. Uh, and it was just yeah. fun to see. I mean, it, this is deep, heavy stuff, but it was fun to see it and just go this far back. Uh, yes, the, the Dooku Jedi loss goes even farther back, but to see it, see it play out in this detail with Dooku's uh, origins uh, and path to the dark side. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think it was uh, really great. Uh, I see Qui-Gon as a young person who is clearly deeply connected to Qui-Gon, but mm-hmm. still becoming the, the or to Dooku, but becoming the Qui-Gon uh, that we know, right? It would be easy for for somebody who is <laughs> force-pushed out of the scenario uh, by their master to uh, make it about themselves. And Qui-Gon just stays in the moment about resolving the larger situation, right? Yeah. Staying focused on why they are there. Yeah. Um, and it is a great, you know, canon callback to Qui-Gon talking to Obi-Wan in The Phantom Menace The uh, when when Dooku says to him, you're a much wiser man than I, Qui-Gon Jinn. And mm-hmm. Qui-Gon says, thanks to your teachings. Very nice. Oh, yeah. 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 A couple other little canon things. Um, I really like Dooku uh, putting the lightsaber on the table <laughs> and just saying, allow me to make my intentions clear. Yeah. Um, which connects to, you know, uh, Filoni's story that he loves telling yes. of being um, his interview with Lucas uh, before getting the Clone Wars job where George Lucas was telling him, here's how a Jedi would negotiate. They'd put the lightsaber on the table. <laughs> yeah, is that great? Because it, it's a huge canon moment. But then I'm like, well, I guess canon to George? <laughs> Like it's yep. not to Star Wars. It's just a, yep. we all know the story, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, I love that moment. It, it was, uh, it, but it, it was fun. It was a wink and a nod if you know it, but it was also really impactful. And love that sequence. It, it's Dooku just being direct of like, I'm not playing around. Yes, I've been a Jedi. I'm a Jedi sent here to uh, figure this out and resolve yeah. this. We find the senator's son. Here's my lightsaber. You, you know what that means. I have power. I, I might use it. Let yeah. you know. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all really powerful stuff, and I will just note again: it, it, this could, this episode could just be the conflict could be a random thing to draw out Dooku's frustration and anger. Mm. Right? It's mm-hmm. not. It is very specifically like Andor, uh, a, a person in power abusing their power. It, it is about uh, class. Yeah. <laughs> it's about economy. You know, it, it's it's real. It's socio political. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it is. Final little uh, canon thing here for Qui-Gon. I I did notice that unless he lost his lightsaber and made a new one that looks exactly like it, he managed to keep his lightsaber for when he was a Padawan. He didn't lose it like Obi-Wan and Anakin. Right, yeah, yeah. Maybe some (laughs) some little adjustments along the way, but that's the blade, man. Yeah. (laughs) That's the blade. All right, and with that, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back to discuss the rest of the episodes in Tales of the Jedi. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And we are back to continue our discussion of Tales of the Jedi. We are up to episode three entitled Choices. Uh, This is one that has a little bit of different credits written by Charles Murray and Elon Murray, directed by Charles Murray, co-directed by Saul Ruiz. 
Uh, Ken, what was interesting, powerful, fun about this one? How did it advance the general thematic story? Oh, man, I'll start here. Mason is rules, man. Mason is <laughs> rules. I love the exchange. What a pairing. What a fun pairing. Uh, uh, kind of these uh, two uh, titans of Star Wars in the prequel era working together and uh, button up against each other. Uh, I guess bad cop, badder cop. Like, it's just, it was a fun vibe. It was a fun vibe. Mm-hmm. And, and I love, by the way, I love Mace Windu. I really do. I, I, I would love to spend more time with him in this manner, too. We'll talk about it at the end of the show, but... Um, it's not that he gets a bad rap. It's just, I think he is who he is. <laughs> it's fun to see everyone react to him and everyone have opinions. He does not seem like the it's fun at party guy. Uh, so, uh, that is, uh, that is true. Love seeing that. Uh, yeah, the, I, I looked at this one too. Uh, again, it's, it's how you choose things. Cause this to me comes down to the, the stifling nature of the Jedi order at this point in time, uh, which is a reality. And Ahsoka is going to face that in a major way later on in her life. Uh, Dooku is, um, he's affected by the death of a Jedi. I've got to think he's wondering, you know, how many more of these. Also, it was sad to see that, knowing that this is a guy that's going to take out Jedi, and that's how far he falls. Uh, so a lot of that stuff jumped out to me in watching this one. Uh, but again, it, it's about seeing true injustices, uh, hearing things and going, all right, that, that makes some sense. But how uh, you take that information, how you process it, and what your actions are after that. Uh, how far do you push away from the spirit of what you're supposed to be? Yeah, I, I think that's really well said. I think, yeah, you, you, you start off with a legitimate concern, mm-hmm. big concern, but then the question is, what are you going to do about it, and are you going to lose yourself in doing it? Again, a question that's in Rogue One, it's burbling in Andor right now, and I think it's going to become even a bigger deal mm-hmm. in, in Andor. Um, yeah, I love what you're saying. Mace Windu is such a great pairing with almost anybody else. Yeah, yeah, he really is. <laughs> but in particular, yeah. like, you get some great comedy out of uh, Mace and Anakin being trapped together in the Clone Wars <laughs> and Mace complimenting R2 but not Anakin. Uh, we, we get the, the great uh, comedy uh, episode and serious episode with uh, Jar Jar Binks in season uh, five of the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, or season six, excuse me. Uh, all sorts of great stuff. Uh, I loved the the Dooku line that drove this home right away, saying to uh, to Mace Windu, "My friend, your devotion to the rules is sometimes inspiring and sometimes maddening." Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. I, I don't feel like the episode really got into it, but I think some of the other storytelling with Mace made this even richer for me because I feel like Mace is a character who is aware that he has an instinct to act decisively and use his power. And I think for him, rules are guardrails. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that he's just like, I was raised to, uh, he's not like a, a rules nerd, right? Um, yeah. I think for him, it, it is a, a defense mechanism, a guidance mechanism. Yeah, no, it's, 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 a, I don't know. Look, I'm someone who r- refuses to run across the street. I'll walk two blocks to the crosswalk, right? I, I just, I, that's <laughs> me. And I get made fun of it all the time, all the time. Like, I have a list of friends I've mentally kept their names in my, in my brain of who makes fun of me when I go to the crosswalk because <laughs> it drives me crazy. Cause it's like, it, it's just, it's rules, it's safety, it's the natural order of things. It's don't, you crossing the street puts you in front of the cars, literally and spiritually. It's an ego thing for me. I have no problem walking two blocks to just keep the natural balance of life. 
So we I look- live in a society, right? <laughs> and we have rules for a reason, right? Yeah, and I'm sorry. Like I and, and, and a lot of my friends who are the ones to first run across the street, that theme plays out through all of their lives. You've met some of them, Joseph. They yeah. are the loudest at the party, whether you want them to be or not. And I butt up against that. I butt up against that all the time. Yeah. But yeah, hey, maybe I don't want to be too rigid. So I, I really identify with Mace and I identify with this this um, situation that's going on here. Uh, I, I'm fascinated by it because it's, again, there's this conversation that has emerged that I, I'll just say it absolutely frustrates me at times. I don't, I don't want to go out online and fight it, but just the see those bad Jedi again. Man, what a throwing out the Padawan with the bathwater situation that you got going on yeah. there. And I think maybe that's why one of the reasons I love Tales of the Jedi is it is one of the story points. And there are many. Uh, the High Republic is doing it again and again. Uh, it happens in the Clone Wars of saying, like, here's the heart of the Jedi. It's the last Jedi saying this is mm-hmm. what's truly valuable. Rise of Skywalker. This is what is the spirit of it. This is what works when the Jedi are right. This is why yeah. they're needed. And I think the, these episodes are doing a great job of, of showing uh, – Yes, rules in orthodoxy are great. What happens when they're too rigid? What happens when they need to be questioned and they're not being questioned? Um, yes. If I if I didn't run across the street to help someone in need and I went to the that that would be me following the rules to a detriment. Exactly. Exactly. And I think th- this particular episode, you know, it's I think two people struggling with a system that is breaking and mm-hmm. neither of them may be doing the greatest job with it, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Um. I think what's powerful about this episode is that, you know, Dooku wonders at the last episode, you know, I wonder if this will make any any permanent change. And in that episode, I think he's talking explicitly about that community, that planet, because mm-hmm. the sun is promising change. And he's like, will it happen? Mm-hmm. Now, here we are some amount of time later, and the exact same kind of things are happening at different places in the galaxy. So in a way, yeah. this, this one answers his question is, in the big picture, no, things are not changing. In fact... There, here's another corrupt senator selling his planet off. Uh, we're seeing greed, uh, corruption, disrespect for nature again. He's selling the planet off. This is a, a contrast uh, to, again, to uh, Ahsoka's village, this mm-hmm. uh, thriving uh, community that is working with the land, with nature uh, for everyone's benefit, right? Um, yeah. So there's that great contrast. And then there's, there's you know, a thing we've seen before where Mace just really wants to follow the exact rules of the Jedi. He's going to cross the street and he's not going to question. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's not part of the Jedi mandate to, you know, cross in the middle of the street because somebody's uh, in need. Um, Yeah. What great analogy. Um, So this episode for me is so great because Dooku is right that things are getting worse and they need to be questioned and addressed. He wants to know why uh, the Jedi died rather than just go retrieve their body like Mace does. Yeah. Uh, but within that, um, there's so much going on with, with Dooku's ego, right? Uh, if in that first Dooku episode he is wrestling with, I have this power and I am restrained from using it, yeah. now he's being openly mocked, right? That Jedi are useless, powerless, literally Senate lapdogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are so chained by the rules uh, that their literal cannon fodder, this other master that he seems to care about, is just shot in the back because she's not really powerful. She's yeah. in the way. She's a problem uh, for uh, caught up in, in this battle between the people on the planet, the, the guard, and the corrupt senator. So 
you start to get to me this picture of, of Dooku is like, uh, being a Jedi is important. It's power. What am I going to do with this power? But now it's really, I have that legitimate concern, but now I'm being really bothered that I'm being called a lapdog. Mm-hmm. I'm being set up to just be cannon fodder, my body to be uh, collected and honored in quote marks without any questioning of why I ended up like this. It, yeah. It's it's ego, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, 100 percent ego. It, it, it is the, how dare you, sir? Uh, and the inability to, to put aside, but this idea of like, I have, again, starting from as best you can with a good place with Dooku in this episode, like I have all of this power and there's all this injustice in the world. And you're asking me to go two blocks to cross the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. not going to work for me. Not going to work for me. Um, but it, uh, it spirals into ego pretty, pretty fast. Yeah. Even, even yeah, when the attention's it- good. Yeah, even when the in- intentions are good. And like, yeah, Dooku, there's a question of, did Dooku cause the senator's death by escalating, right? The, mm-hmm. sen- this, the second he realizes that there's a problem, he doesn't uh, try, try to talk. He, he doesn't, you know, uh, try to use, you know, a, a small amount of mm-hmm. uh, force power. He ignites the blade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, He ignites the blue. Um, and, and there's a question of, did he escalate it? There's that moment where Mace absolutely does need to defend himself, uh, but kills the guard. And then Mace looks just shell-shocked, right? Yeah. Uh, heartbroken. And it, and it seems like in Mace's mind, it's like it's because Dooku didn't follow the rules. It's because he kept pushing instead of slowly taking his time uh, with everything. And by the end, we get even more ego where there's this uh, resentment from Dooku that Mace got more power than him from being a lapdog from Dooku's perspective for rigidly following the rules and pushes, I think Dooku even, even farther away from the, his observations about what is broken are correct, but he's getting more and more angry, more and more ego filled. Uh, Yeah. There's a a great shot of uh, with the, the kind of energy beam going up in the funeral and you got Mace on one side, you got Duke on the other and the way Dooku's placed, great direction, great writing, great moment. Um, you could just feel you feel his heart just hardening. Yeah, the ice is forming. It's great stuff. Yeah, and, and the the almost sarcasm at the end when he calls when May says, mm-hmm. "I'll try to say some good words for the youth council," and I can't remember exactly what it is. It's like you know, my thanks, master. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wrote down a lot of quotes. I, I think a lot of what we're talking about is is pretty explicit. Um, yeah, in the episode, uh, things like Dooku saying to the guard, "I don't condone your methods, but you had every right to protect your planet," is is a great ironic. Like mm. Dooku, you have every right to question the the Jedi High Council, and in, in yeah. particular the Republic. Uh, I don't condone your methods. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No. Do, do you think the Jedi will truly keep peace if they take everything the Senate says as law? You know, all sorts of yeah. great, great stuff. May says, "Luckily, we are guided by our Council and not by politics nor ego." Um, mm. So all this stuff uh, is right there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The prequel era shining through here. Great yeah. questions. And uh, yeah, a couple, couple of great canon things to, to acknowledge that, you know, Dooku talks about this uh, Jedi weakness. Uh, for a Jedi to succumb to a surprise attack is rare unless that attack is from someone one would trust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which does seem like, you know, mm-hmm. a little light bulb going off about the clones in the, in the Clone Wars in Order 66. Yes. This happens on uh, Raxus Secundus, which is future Separatist uh, uh, home base. Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff. This this uh, actual funeral is the like the fake one we saw for Obi Wan in the Clone Wars. Yes, it and is. of course, tear a new base around. So, <laughs> yes, 
All right, uh, we're going to keep moving. We're going to go to on to episode four, The Sith Lord, uh, the final uh, part of Dooku's journey in this show, uh, written by Dave Filoni, directed by Saul Ruiz. Uh, what was interesting, powerful, fun about this one, and was it the one that uh, rocked your world? It did. Is <laughs> it, 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 it did mine? Yeah, it did. This was uh, so much in it. There's so much just to talk about, uh, to dive in. Uh, the Yaddle of it all. Bryce Dallas Howard as Yaddle was a great pull. Man, I love that. That was a lot of fun. But, man, we get the Yaddle. Oh, Yaddle. Oh, we got Yaddle. Oh, no. Uh, her 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 death, uh, we'll talk more about here, had both the, the moment that I was like, yes, this is what I love about Star Wars. The music playing. She's pushing up the door. She's uh, there to fight and stand before the darkness. And then my heart was immediately broken, but that's Star Wars. It's also this ep- this episode, this little section, uh, I called this like the complete fall of Dooku, right? Seeing it mm-hmm. and seeing, I, and I had, didn't have expectations for this one like I did Anakin's fall in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I'll spend a lifetime wondering and, and speculating and, and just dreaming of what that fall would be. And so initially it seemed a little off for me. Now it seems just thematically perfect Anakin's fall. This was a lot like that for me too, where Dooku's fall. We, we don't, we don't see the initial conversations with Palpatine. We haven't seen that stuff yet or whatever, but this is the moment, man. And this, this hor- horrific act, this striking down of Yaddle, it, it's all sadness, just as much as rage. There's rage mm-hmm. and ego and all those things you've been talking about, but doesn't, doesn't Dooku just seem sad and resigned um, he's given maybe a, a chance, you know, to, to turn back and he won't. And, mm-hmm. and not unlike Anakin, it's not some power fantasy. It's not, I have the power. That's more Palpatine. He's not proclaiming, I am a Sith. It's just this like, hey, man, Chief, I've done what you said. And it isn't working. And it feels like I can't go back. And what's going on here? Like, and then even then, Chief's like, oh, have I been betrayed? No, I didn't do that, man. It's just, it's all sadness, resignation, and, and depressing to watch the fall. But that's what makes it so interesting to me. Yeah, it, it is uh, sad. It mm-hmm. is not a fate to aspire to. And it is being trapped, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I love these just, these key moments and obviously this one is rich with canon yeah. uh, details and in lore connections and timeline stuff that we can have fun uh discussing mm-hmm. but the heart and soul of it is yeah you can imagine at some point um earlier uh Sidious sidled up to him and, and put all of this in motion with the clones and with Sifo-Dyas and and with the the coming clone wars of like mm-hmm. I hey you know what I I hear you Dooku you're right this is all broken and it's sad that we got to do some violence. Hey, you remember how you wanted to cut down that senator uh, way back then when your when your Padawan was young? You were right to do that. Unfortunately, a few heads have to roll, mm. but then we can make this beautiful new society, right? Yeah. And yeah. Dooku buying into that in this moment, we see this kind of complete picture of his fall to the dark side, where he's he's already on the path, but yeah. this is the moment where he believes he steps over the line and, and there's no going back, right? Yeah. And it is very similar to Anakin's journey uh, because similar things break people and yeah. bring them to the dark side, right? It's about personal loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about blaming others so you can lash out so you have somewhere external to put your hate. It's mm-hmm. about saying mm-hmm. if anything is broken, uh, then it's not about everybody working together. It's not about the community working together. It's not about uh, negotiation mm-hmm. and patience. It's about 
I alone can fix it. I can get my hands in it and I can reorder it in my image and my desire, right? Mm -hmm. Change isn't bad. It's the ego of, I just want to grab it and break it and remake it the way I want to. Yeah. And yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And all those things are what's, what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The, the personal loss, obviously, we know in, in Anakin's story, it's that he's lost a lot uh, with his uh, mother and Qui-Gon, but it's that little fear of losing Padme, right? I love that this episode takes so much time to show us Dooku loved the living hell out of Mm Qui-Gon and this loss is devastating to him Mm -hmm. and a big ingredient of what pushes him over the edge uh, because he needs that loss to make sense. He can't just say, you know, death is a part of life. Qui-Gon was doing exactly what he chose to do, the role of a Jedi standing up against... Uh, the dark side he has to blame somebody right it it, it isn't about Qui-Gon's choice it isn't about what Qui-Gon would yeah. want just like it wasn't about what Padme would want it's blame it's the council's fault right mm-hmm. um you know Yala asks you hold them accountable and Duke talks about it. I've been warning them about the coming uh yeah. darkness Sidious whispers in his ear you know remember what you told me the Jedi blindly serve a corrupt senate that fails the republic it represents so he has all those others to blame the way mm-hmm. the way Anakin does right it's Obi-Wan's fault he's holding me back right mm-hmm. um and, and then that so you have the loss we have the blame and then the need to use his power to control right um he's already on this path he's doubting it you're right the sadness he says, Siphodius, Camino, the clones, I've betrayed everything and everyone I know. And Palpatine, lying to him. No, you have been loyal to a greater cause. Mm-hmm. Such is the price of freedom, right? Um, he, he's believing Palpatine's lies that this is about peace in order, right? But it, it is ultimately about domination. It, it, he's, mo- he's moved so far from that first episode where he almost did something uh, wrong, killing the senator, because he was so mad at the senator for not helping those people back in the village. Yeah. And now it, it, it's about his his rage and his need to remake the galaxy. Yeah, and, and I, I I love that the, the fall is similar to Anakin's, like you said, because it is kind of a dark side template. And I love that even Palpatine's almost got kind of the same lines, right? It, it's mm-hmm. a little bit of the, uh, remember what you told me, Anakin, about the Sand people? Remember all that? And your mother, and, yeah. Yeah, and, and he's, it, Palpatine's got the playbook, man. Remember what you remember what you told me about the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when you have um, what might start as legitimate concerns and, and then you have a, 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 someone, a mentor, a leader, whatever you want to say, fanning those flames of, oh. You could, you could, you could have done something, but you're being held back by the other side. You're being held back by it. Look what's going on here. That you don't even. It's funny because Duke was even saying, "I love the moment um, where he kind of he's pissed at Sheev, pissed at mm-hmm. Sidious for the Qui Gon's death, and it's like Maul, and it's like you're not even seeing that. You know what I mean? He is, but he isn't. You know what I mean? Where it's not like you're, you're blaming the system for Qui Gon's death, not Sidious sending Maul to, to kill, kill him. him. <laughs> you know right he acknowledges he's pissed at it but it's just kind of like that should be your clue and when yaddle offers you that you know stand with me mm. that, that's a key moment and the light side's always going to offer you a way back if you'll take it but it's star wars about these choices so many times and to see him just harden over it and to, and to just uh, not acknowledge the lies or see past them and ignore them 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the way that shot is framed, that like Anakin, he has a choice. He could turn back, and you, you see that image of Dooku literally between Yaddle and Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And I love Yaddle's step to me. Yes. <laughs> Bring him me. justice. And, you know, Yaddle making making clear, you know, a, a story that happens with Vader, a story that happens with, uh, with Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. It, it's not about do one right thing, make one better choice, and... Uh, you're redeemed, all is forgiven. It's just like, it's never too late to make a better choice. No matter what you've done, make the right decision now and help me bring him to justice. It's not too late. But the dark side gets in your your head and says, you've made one bad choice, it's too late. Mm-hmm. Too late. Too late. Yep. And then I think it's really, really interesting and key that we're also given this perspective of another Jedi who maybe handled it the better way, that Yaddle agrees yes. with Dooku. That the council has been making mistakes, that they've been getting too rigid, too cocky. So she steps away from the council. But going back to uh, the Jedi being something essential and spiritual, not something rigid and just an organization, she steps away from the council. She does not step away from being, as Kantika would say, Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yaddle is Jedi, right? Uh, her line, I stepped down from my position on the council. You were right about so many things. The council should have listened. Qui-Gon didn't have to die but we get this beautiful image you're talking about of even after the door has, has crushed her little yellow bones, mm-hmm. this beacon of hope, the, the light opening back up for a second, trying so hard to fight on to stop the darkness from spreading. Mm-hmm. It's really a, a powerful image because it's that's Jedi right there. Yeah. Music swells. Uh, it's it's a it's a great moment, tragic one when you put it all down on the tracks, but a great moment, man. And that's the moment I just again nothing negative about Andor, but it, we have yet to see it at the time of this recording. We have yet to see the big music swells, and I don't, we'll have it'll, it'll be a different vibe when it happens in Andor, as it should. Uh, but mm-hmm. I really, I just kind of a warmth hit my heart at that uh, big music moment. Yeah, absolutely, and just that that haunting image i love the image of the door when it's uh open it looks like this just cackling insidious mouth with mm-hmm. you know <laughs> rotting yellow rigid little teeth uh <laughs> it's, it's a great image yeah 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 and, and i think for me it's really powerful for dooku's arc that um he ends up doing to yaddle what he wanted to do the senator to the senator right um, he has these le- legitimate concerns and complaints, some of them fostered by Sidious, some of them, some of the rigidity and brokenness of the Senate caused by Sidious. Um, and Sidious sidles up to him and goes, you can make everything better if you abandon some of your morals for just a little while, and then we'll get back to it. Don't worry about it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so then you ask yourself, well, how does somebody talk themselves into that? And I think the answer is sometimes ego. Yeah. It feels good to use your power, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like, you know, the, the old joke of, you know, come to the dark side, we have cookies. You know, the actual lie that the dark side tells you is come to the dark side, you can use your power however and whenever you want. Yeah. And Sidious gives people, it gives his his uh, apprentices a long leash at first to say, isn't it fun? Yeah. Isn't it freeing? to just do what you want to do with your power. Duke has felt so, so held back from using his power. Mm. And it's almost the same image, right? Of somebody already on the ground, the, the blade up, but Qui-Gon yeah. stops him from bringing it down in the first episode. Mm-hmm. And Sidious mm. encourages him to bring it down on, on Yaddle. And in that moment, 
you know, Sidious knows he has him. <laughs> the eyes go go yellow, right? Because mm-hmm. as much as Dooku finally gets to use his power, uh, pretty soon he's going to be on a real short leash. Yeah, yeah, trapped. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, the cackle, the cackle of cookies, we'll call it. <laughs> the cookie cackle. The cookie cackle. Uh, uh, obviously, then there's so much. We're talking about the big ideas, but there's so much more to celebrate. Bryce Dallas Howard as Yaddle, uh, the uh, uh, amazing canon revelation. Uh, I guess it's been other places uh, as well, but seeing it on screen, that that I guess that Yaddle doesn't uh, talks in a normal syntax. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, yeah, you're right. It'd been other spots too. When you know, High Republic now as well, but yeah, yes, that's great. Yeah, but a visceral reminder, and it, it makes it seem like a Grogu holds the deciding vote on if that's just a, a Yoda <laughs> thing or if that's a species thing. I love that. And then, God, yeah, I have a lot of questions for Yoda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is that <laughs> he speaks in riddles? Maybe that's yeah. the it's a maybe it's a choice, it's a uh, choice like Luke II yeah. in the Book of Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the detail uh, quickly about Qui Gon being born on Coruscant. I, mm-hmm. I love that place of mourning. For Dooku to say, I used to take him to this, you know, Uneti tree, and, and Qui Gon was fascinated by nature, and Qui Gon becomes so guided by, you know, the living force, uh, what is natural. Uh, but it harkens back to this great Star Wars theme of the the rigid and the mechanical versus the flowing and the organic. It harkens back to seeing how flowing and organic Ahsoka's village history comes from. Is I, I really love that moment. You know, it's so much more than just a canon detail to add to Wikipedia that Qui-Gon was born on Coruscant. It's full of meaning. Yeah. No, no. Well done. And, and, the, and the loss felt by Dooku in that moment. It was a very sweet scene. Very sad. Again, sad. Sad, sad episode. But in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> Hurts so yeah. good. Hurts so good. Yeah. In a, in a funny line from Qui-Gon, when, uh, when Dooku says, I will not be there to protect you, my old Padawan. And Qui-Gon says, you need not worry, Master. Obi-Wan fills that role now. Uh, and I feel like he means worry. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe protect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts on this one before we move on? Just I, the timeline of it all, the the, the erasing of Camino, the in, intertwining it around the events of Phantom Menace. It's that's just fun little canon geek stuff as well. Uh, but again, with great purpose. And one of those things where I'll, I'll look at Phantom Menace and I will now uh, picture uh, Dooku in the archives erasing Camino. Yeah. No. That that was absolutely great to see. It gives clarity on the Dooku timeline that you know he had. He ordered the clones, uh, had Sifo-Dyas killed, uses Sifo-Dyas' code, you know, erased the Camino, you know, all during the events of the Phantom Menace, because it's always been kind of, it's around 10 years, same time as Phantom Menace. Mm. Um, And I did look up some of the stuff in in Dooku Jedi Lost. Um, I think if we were in, uh, if it's in canon agreement, you know, Dooku has already left the order, but he has free reign uh, to come to the temple. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, you know what? L- let's also maybe acknowledge that, you know, that guy, Ian McDermott, uh, back voicing Palpatine. <laughs> Always good. You can't Always go wrong. He gets to do, plas- uh, you know, uh, close to a classic do it. Uh, do you want to prove your loyalty? Killer. Yeah. yeah. And he sounds great. He sounds great. Sounds great. All right. We are uh, running low on time for this episode, so <laughs> uh, we better keep uh, moving forward to uh, episode five, Practice Makes Perfect. We are back after seeing the complete Dooku story to Ahsoka's story. This one is written by Dave Filoni, directed by Saul Ruiz. Uh, what was interesting, powerful, fun about this one for you, Ken? A fun look at the tra- at a tragic end uh, uh, of <laughs> Clone Wars. Uh, uh, dare I say, it was uh, deep themes to discuss without a doubt, uh, but I, this episode uh, hit me a little different. I was just like, oh, that's, uh, that's great. You know, I... 
I love a, I love an episode where you can go like, hey, that one thing, well, here's what happened around the corner before you saw that one thing. But uh, a lot of purpose to it. Fun to just see um, quite, uh, uh, not quite, uh, Kenobi with the mullet at this point, more Tara Sanube. Uh, I love um, poor Ahsoka, man. She's had a lot of pressure on her all all her existence. This training, and she's testing new, uh, you know, they got the new uh, training uh, droids, and every top all-star Jedi just sitting there watching her training. <laughs> <laughs> Anakin's late for it. Like, I, I loved all that side of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, this one was, was uh, it, it was fun. I think the Dooku one is obviously very heavy. The death of, yeah. of Yaddle is 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 powerful and, yeah. and painful. And I think this one still has depth and meaning, but it is also a little bit more fun. We have yeah. uh, the great repeated banter between, you know, Master and Apprentice of, uh, oh, you're right on time. Uh, oh, really? I thought I was late. That's what I meant. Obi-Wan mm-hmm. saying that to Anakin and reversing it to Anakin saying it to Ahsoka. Yeah. Great fun. Uh, sad uh, foreshadowing when they're they're practicing the stun with the clones and mm. uh, and <laughs> Rex says Jesse really tagged you and he says sorry Commander Jesse will be there at the end trying yeah. to tag Ahsoka again yeah. is uh, is powerful stuff mm-hmm. um, but to me what was interesting and powerful about it was I do think the the chapters of of Dooku's journey and Ahsoka's journey matches in the second chapter of. Dooku with Mace on Rax's Secundus was really being trapped by orthodoxy, right? Mm-hmm. Of, mm-hmm. I want to not just pick up her body without questioning. I want to find out what happened here. I'm going to push the rules of Jedi engagement to get what I want. Well, here's another point where uh, Jedi are trapped by orthodoxy in rigidity, right? Um, Ahsoka's blowing everybody's mind, including young Caleb Doom. <laughs> yeah, right. There's a, a great shot yeah. of how great she is at this. And Anakin is upset that he feels like his Padawan is trapped by the rules and rigidity of mm-hmm. the Jedi's thinking, that this is the way they train, but it's this controlled environment. It's rigid. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's practically quoting uh, Han Solo about good against remotes is one thing, good against living is the other, of, hey, Ahsoka, I want to free you of orthodoxy, uh, continuing the kind of idea of uh, Ahsoka as spiritual Jedi, not successfully navigating away from being trapped by the rules of this entire thing, which is uh, fun and touching and meaningful and sets up the end of the Clone Wars animated series, is really about, okay, Ahsoka is at risk of being trapped in the rigidity, in the orthodoxy of the Jedi. Uh, how, how does she and Anakin mm-hmm. navigate it? And at this point, they find a healthy way to to sidestep it and say, that's not going to work for us. So without hurting anyone, we're going to step away from it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this all flows in this idea of kind of the trials you go through can be what gets you through it all later. And you, you might not see that. There's a lot of, uh, you know, Ahsoka getting taken, taking stuns, man, being knocked out for hours at points and then less and less. Uh, and I thought that was part of the, the lessons there too for me. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's it's uh, it's fun and funny. Like like the, the, some of the times that Ahsoka falls, are like that that's some those are some just good slapstick basics. You know, yeah. you should have the trailing leg, you should have the flailing <laughs> arm as you fall down. These are just standard slapstick things. So there's yeah. an element of comedy. There's an element of like Anakin. This might be a little bit too much tough parenting. <laughs> you know, Could uh, be. Yeah. We're, we're reminded that 
for some of this, some of this is good training from Anakin, but I think it is yeah. stemming from his his fear of loss, right? Uh, of his uh, oh, fear man. of looking death in the face. He he needs to as much as possible control that nothing bad ever happens to Ahsoka. Uh, yeah. So that's layered in there. But what I think is really essential to this comparison between Ahsoka and Dooku is in Dooku's second chapter, uh, he really gets enmeshed in ego. He hates being called a Senate lapdog. He hates mm. not being put on the council. This is an example of Ahsoka putting her ego aside, right? How many of us would get pissed right, right. Uh, that someone like Anakin is putting us through this? Like, uh, what? I got the highest scores according to the rules, and you're going to make me do this? Yeah. She, she puts her ego aside, and she just trains and trains and trains. Yeah, I am the best of the best. All the All-Stars were watching. They saw it there. Um, yeah, and I, I'm really interested in the fact that uh, I love what you're saying about how a lot of this comes from Anakin just uh, wanting to protect and keep her safe and, and, and knowing that, you know, these these rules could destroy you if we're not careful. But, um, um, yeah, to see where it ends up, uh, as we know in the end with Clone Wars uh, 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 Season 7. But, um, yeah, I, I love their relationship. It's just kind of fun to see see that working, especially early on, but just working at full speed. Yeah, no, absolutely, and in, in some great comedy moments. Uh, I believe I'm a gun die was in the background. That was nice. Was he? Oh, I missed that. <laughs> uh, I believe he was. Uh, I I I'm a little tortured by Obi Wan's hair because uh, if <laughs> if Ahsoka is already Anakin's Padawan, then that means in theory the Clone Wars uh, movie has already happened. Mm-hmm. So I I think we are left with the challenging notion that Obi Wan possibly grew out the mullet more than once. <laughs> Hey, look, you know, it's a great hairstyle for him, so I can I can imagine him being, let's do it again. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, absolutely great. All right, let's move on to the final episode, episode six, Resolve, uh, written by Dave Filoni, directed by Saul Ruiz. Uh, so, Ken, what was the interesting, powerful fun about this uh, big conclusion to Tales of the Jedi? Um, I... As, as a big fan of the Ahsoka book, it was it was kind of this quick, not surface level, but just a quick pass through that book. It was a fun take on it and Filoni's take on it. And a lot was made of this going into this. And I, I feel this took nothing from the book for me. Little details. I don't know. I'm not even worried about it. Uh, both exist. And, and uh, we, we as fans, you choose how you deal with that reality there. <laughs> uh, love the Inquisitor design, by the way. It's one of, it might be my favorite Inquisitor uh, design. Of it's creepy. Stuff. It's really creepy. It's kind of what I want uh, I want them to. And just, uh, yeah, the the resolve of, um, uh, of, of Ahsoka. Uh, we go towards the light because it's their kind of vibe, uh, what it's in her heart, and this idea, like you said up top, of, you know, Ahsoka is Jedi. And that's what, that is what she is. No titles, no rank, no organization. Nothing can take that away. And you're still going to go back. And But that doesn't mean you're not going to have dark times. Doesn't mean you're not going to face challenges. And doesn't mean you're not going to face this loss. I love the 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 use, uh, the tragic use of Padme's death, the funeral. Another little canon detail. Um, I love to, to, that should affect her that way. And mm-hmm. she had a chance to come back. And I love the use of Bale. I love him speaking to the clones when he's speaking to her. It all works really well it, it, it's a, a great moment of comedy at the beginning but it also just really sets up not only this chapter but this essential question of like yeah the republic's fallen yeah you're you walked away from the jedi order but are you are you rules or are mm-hmm. you somebody who essentially helps people like yeah. you know 
he he gives her in this classic myth way the call to action in she refuses the call then yeah. in a relatable way to set up you know answering yeah. the call is the conclusion of this this collection of six episodes of what is a jedi and this episode is showing us um yeah. yeah i'm glad you brought up the the novel thing um i, I wouldn't be surprised to see this uh, be a a big and hopefully healthy discussion yeah, yeah. In Star Wars fandom, and honestly, you know, for me, um, telling similar events with different characters uh, in different moments that mm -hmm. that's happened now a couple times, where on screen things are are emotional canon in the heart and in their meaning, they are the same, yeah. uh, but the details are different. I don't know that that would ever be uh, my first choice, but right. it's clear it's going to happen, so I accept it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, and my heart goes out to people who who loved that book and, and have thought about it a lot and hung on and it, mm -hmm. it's it's every line and, and hope to see those specific characters in live action. Like I, I really want to want to be empathetic. That that's no fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. But for me, at the end of the day, myself as a fan is the novel, which I haven't read in a long time, but I reread the Wikipedia entry of details mm -hmm. to remind myself of like these key beats, these key events that happen to Ahsoka are changed, mm -hmm. but they are the same key events, right? Yeah. So even though the details are different, they both tell the same story about who Ahsoka is and what she chooses, and I'm going to choose to focus on that. Yeah, you, you got, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so with this. Um, and that's why it almost felt like a quick a quick view, a quick uh, quick glance at the novel, and you, you'll have both. But, yeah, I agree with you, too. I, um, I, I just hope it doesn't become a dominating part of the discourse around this series because I think that would be folly if it was. But I understand where people are coming from. Um, and, you know, EK herself, too, uh, has been vocal about some of those things. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? This is We never thought we'd have this chance to go back and revisit some of this stuff. Could they have done another aspect of it? Uh, you know, another part of Ahsoka's life? Maybe, but this is, this. is we know this is what happens. And it's key, and it's key to who she is. And a lot of that book came from unproduced or unused, uh, yet-to-be-used stories from Clone Wars, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of the genesis of it. So uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really glad that you uh, acknowledged that at the top so we can continue to just dive into to what is there and the story that's being told. And for me, I really agree with what you're saying is I feel like uh, we are presented with this uh, picture where Ahsoka wants to walk away, wants to be done. Yeah. Uh, but like the Elder Cantica said, she is Jedi. Yeah. Um, she, she's suffered uh, a lot, right? She's suffered uh, similar things to Anakin and Dooku, right? She suffered loss, betrayal, pain. She has every right to be angry. But to me, this mm. whole episode, mm. in, in some ways, this entire <laughs> Tales of the Jedi uh, first collection uh, hinges on this moment where she is faced with uh, this in Inquisitor is threatening lives. Some of them totally innocent. Uh, one of them, the little bleeper who turned me in, right? Right, right. <laughs> Again, something she could be angry about. She could be angry about the fact that she can't hide from it. The dark side keeps coming mm. for her, right? Mm. She could be angry about all those things, but there's that shot. She's ready to face the Inquisitor. She's made the choice to save these lives. But then there's still that question of, you're in the right, you're doing the right thing, but what's in your soul while you do it? How are you approaching it? How is it going to affect you? when the action's done, right? Mm -hmm. She clenches her hand. 
and then she opens it. Yeah. And that to me is like the key moment going back to she is Jedi. Even when Dooku was in the right, he he clenched that fist, right? And, and her opening her fist makes it, it's not about anger. It's not about ego. It's defense and saving lives, right? Mm-hmm. It is it, fulfilling everything that, that she was taught in the first episode. It is facing death and fear. It's having the bravery to not back down. It's saving others because it is an attempt to preserve and respect life. Yeah, and, and this connects all the episodes in such a wonderful way from the first one on. And, and I like there's a little detail of the Inquisitors knows her by name, right? And I like mm-hmm. the, you phrased it as the dark side is, uh, in this case, coming for her specifically and not stopping. And that should should be exhausting. And, and you know, I, I you, we talked up top, anger is a natural thing. Padme would tell us that. Uh, but you, you, the choice to remain angry is, is yours. Um, and, and how long? You know, again, um, anger, anger can be very justified. Uh, anger can be very inspiring. But do you live in it? Uh, these stories um, are provi- pro- providing a, a pathway uh, out of that, I think. And that, yeah. the unclenched fist is a great way to look at it. Yeah, and it's a great canon detail. Ah- Ahsoka at Padme's funeral, seeing a live-action scene in animated form with other details, including mm. Mon Mothma's amazing morning dress, <laughs> the black dress. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't help but think, I hope Perrin's not there. <laughs> right? Old staring Perrin. Let's yeah. add him in post. Yeah. Um, but it does. It, it starts her from the place of, like, here's just brutal loss, Padme, and and the implication of Anakin when Bale says, you know, there's nothing you could da- do to save either of them, mm-hmm. right? Um, it starts her in this place of loss. But yeah. there's uh, so many other great details that are full circle, right? It begins and ends with Ahsoka not backing down from the the space yeah. uh, tiger, then the Inquisitor. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Ahsoka being back to a peaceful village uh, like her birth. But it's also in rhythm with the Dooku um, chapters, right? Yeah. Uh Dooku did all this uh, because he was enraged by the injustice of the Republic, starting with seeing uh, those villagers being abused in Dooku's first episode and him wondering out loud, I wonder if anything will change. And then he helps facilitate the creation of the Empire. And we're back to a village being abused by the Empire, being abused Mm -hmm. by the government with the quotas and the persecution. You know, Uh, I think that's all that full circle stuff is the kind of details that makes this all of Tales of Jedi feel um, very real, very considered, and uh, I love um, I love that it ends on that beat of Bale saying, "Are you ready to get back in the fight?" And we just see the big steely Ahsoka eyes, just like she gave the space tiger. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said and well put together. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are really needing to wrap up because pulling the veil back, uh, we have to get to a business meeting. Uh, <laughs> any final thoughts on this, Ken? Uh, no, I absolutely love this, man. I, this was a big victory. And again, I wasn't overlooking it. I just was like, I'll get to, I'll get to this meal when I get to it. And now uh, I want to eat this meal again, as we always talk about Star Wars and food. I uh, can't wait. Yeah, yeah, a ton of just, like, great action moments, great comedy moments and things like that that I'm going back to. Gonna, looking forward to going back uh, to enjoy. And, of course, the Terra Sanube, some good uh, quality Terra Sanube time. Uh, we should indeed wrap up, Ken. Uh, but just quickly, now that we've seen this first volume or collection of Tales of the Jedi, what other volumes are you interested in? Well, to see how, how they really did it, right, the connective uh, thread, I, I would love to see, like, 
I don't know, Luke and Leia training, uh, and then Luke mm. and Ben having adventures, six episodes intertwined there. Something about Ray and Finn building a new order while going, uh, also going back to the High Republic where things maybe began to fall and, and, and trying to play with those kind of themes. Yeah, me too. I, I think my mind is really going to who could be paired. I, I'm still so intrigued someday to mm -hmm. see the, the making of the Skywalker blade. So following Anakin and in, in Ben Solo in times of light, the making of their blades, I'd be fascinated by yeah. that. Uh, Quinlan Voss is an underserved Jedi. We don't know where Barriss Offee ended up, so seeing them in in the dark times uh, would be fascinating. Lots of great ideas. Uh, but with that, we are going to wrap up. Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Podcast is available in a lot of different spots. Just search. You'll find us. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And patreon.com slash Force Center is where you can support us directly. You can follow me at CatNapsock. Go to my website, CatNapsock.com. Joseph, where can they go to you? You can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out uh, some new comedy videos and short films on my YouTube page. Just go to YouTube and search for Joseph Scrimshaw. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Dooku's Blue Blade, this has been Force Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.